Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. Welcome everybody in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. It is good to be here this morning and we had a wonderful Sunday, last Sunday, when we had our dear brother Simon Langdon and so he gave us a wonderful word. And somehow I want to continue in that line and I was praying and preparing for the serving this morning. And so I want to read from Isaiah chapter 6 and my theme this morning, a call for ministry. A call for ministry. The Isaiah chapter 6, the verses 1 to 8. And we read, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne lofty and exalted, with a train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each wing, uh, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. <clears throat> and the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and live amongst a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this meeting this morning. We thank you, Lord, you are still the same. And we thank the Lord for this one we could read that you are on the throne and we want to bless your wonderful name. We do believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And this morning we want to return thanks unto you and we pray that you might speak to our hearts as we study your word and read your word. And I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen, Lord, 
and also give grace to act upon your wonderful word in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A call for ministry. And there's something interesting. When we study the Old Testament, we discover something that in the Old Testament, there were two types of prophets. Who knows what I mean? Two types of prophets. Of course, there are many prophets in the Old Testament, but especially two types. There are the so-called word prophets. Those who spoke in the name of the Lord, and then the other kind of prophets, and the kind of uh, word prophets are, for instance, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and so on. And then there's the other kind of prophets. They have been called the deed prophets. They did something very wonderful and great, and by their deed they pro produced prophecy in a wonderful way, and God was with them. For instance, Moses was a so-called typical Old Testament deed prophet. He not only prophesied, of course, he did wonderful prophecies, also referring to Jesus. Moses was a deed prophet. And then there are others. Elijah, who doesn't know Elijah, this man of God? And if there's any prophet in the Old Testament, especially God, my interest was Elijah. And we see the spirit of Elijah in a certain way was also in John the Baptist. Do you see something? These two men were men of God by the word of God, and they spoke, and they did things, and all those who listened to them they heard the word of God and knew exactly we are dealing with God, the center of the universe. Hallelujah. And there's also Elijah and Elisha. Now these men experienced wonderful things. And in their actions, they brought forth the message of God. These were the so-called deed prophets. So they are word prophets and deed prophets. Now this morning, as the Lord put in my heart, I want to speak about a call for ministry. I think everybody was challenged by that what we heard last Sunday by our dear brother Simon. And it's so important, we must bring it further. And also we have been challenged, and that's what I want this morning, that God may challenge your heart, that the Lord might perhaps call somebody and say, Lord, I want to be ready for you, not only experience him. Now, we see it was at a time where King Uzziah was uh, actually... Uh, or died. Now the history of King Uzziah is very interesting. At first he was a very successful king. And uh, he was doing the will of God. But in the middle of his reign, something happened in his life. 
and he fell into the trap. And that's the trap in which each one of us can fall. The trap of original sin. What is the original sin? Anybody knows it? Pride. That's the sin of Lucifer. The sin of Lucifer. And he fell into that sin as well. And we read about Lucifer or Satan when he fell in Isaiah chapter 14, the verses 12 to 13. It says, How have you fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, sun of the dawn? You have been cut down onto the earth. You who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven. I will rise my throne above the stars of God and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. That's the original sin. Sin is always and starts with pride. And that was happened here to Uzziah. Actually, it showed what God said about sins and what God said what the following things will be happened at that time when God called especially Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah speaks about it clearly. And we can read about the fall of Uzziah. And we read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 26, the verses 16 to 20. But when he became strong, that refers to King Uzziah. When he became strong, his whole heart was so proud that he acted corruptly. And he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. For he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah the priest entered after him, with him 80 priests. Remember, 80 priests. There was one king. He got so proud that 80 priests had to rush after him because he was just going into the temple doing something he was not ordained by God. It was the task of the priests. And we see here 80 priests of the Lord, violent men, or valiant men. They were not sissies. They ran after him. They opposed Uzziah the king and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and will not honor from the Lord your God. But Uzziah, Uzziah, with a censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged, and while he was enraged, with the priest, the leprosy broke out on his forehead 
before the priest in the house of the Lord, beside the altar of incense. All of a sudden, on his forehead, leprosy appeared. And he, he knew, and this leprosy was always his whole life. And in the day when the judgment came about him, that he died. We, we know leprosy is a picture of sin. And each sin, whatever it might be, leads to death. And there was the judgment that, that came over King Josiah. And in that year, God was looking for someone, and that was the prophet Isaiah. We see very clearly, Isaiah had a view or a vision of God. When you read these things, we can read it sometimes so casually, but it is very, very impressive, and God may impress this this morning into your heart that you might understand with whom we are dealing. God is God. Amen? He has not been invented by Christians, nor anybody. God is God. He was there in the beginning. Then everything came forth by him. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Hallelujah. And that was so important. He saw the Lord. And we have read about it in chapter 6. And if you read it further on, what powerful revelation he got there. He said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. God is majestic. Hallelujah. God is majestic. How great is your God? How great is your God? Is your God only existing up in here, in your little brain box? Or do you understand it by the Spirit of God in your heart who God is? Modern preaching nowadays is all about minimizing God to make God a cuddly body. God is not a body. God is God. Can I hear an amen? Do you mean it from all of your heart when I was studying this? I tell you, the holiness of God is so important to us. The fear of God is important. I spoke once with a young couple in Germany, and they said, well, we don't want our children to fear God and serve God out of fear. How then? Didn't you know the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. There where a person or a church is lacking of the, faith, of the fear of God, there is no wisdom at all. And we need to have the fear of God in our heart. Ever since I pray for this couple, my prayer is, Lord, teach them the fear of God of God. God can do it. Whenever you come in the presence of God 
And if you meet God in a special way, you get aware of the holiness of God. God is to be feared. And that's important. Do you fear God? Or has God become to you a cuddly buddy? Forget about it. God is God. And I have a friend in the States. He was formerly a faith prosperity preacher. And God taught him something. And while he was on the way to a faith prosperity preaching conference where all these pastors come together. And he just was pulling into the parking lot of that conference building. And in front of himself was somebody pulling in already. And on his number plate, listen to that. And you tell me what it is, whether it's blasphemy or not. On his number plate, he had written, I am a God. I am a God. And this brother, he turned around, went home, forget, forgot about all this. We are little gods preaching. We are men, human men, human person. And God is God. That's so important forever to know to everyone. We don't have a little God we have somewhere in our pockets. God is God. And that's what Isaiah saw. I saw the Lord sitting up on a throne, high lofty. And around him were the seraphims. Now, he went home and forgot all the whole bunch of blasphemous preachers. These people are blasphemous preachers. You are not a God. You must be a child of God. Does it sound different to you? Does it sound different to you? And we see here, Isaiah, he needed to understand who God really, really is. God is the prime majesty in heaven above. Now the seraphim, they were constantly exalting God. Now what is the theme in heaven? The theme in heaven is what? Holy. Holy, holy, it's not joy, 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 or fun, fun, fun. I hate the word fun in the church. I hate it because I don't read it anywhere. Some people said, oh, we had fun in the church, but you won't have fun in heaven. There is no fun in heaven. There's holiness. Not only joy, there is holiness. God is holy, holy, and that's so important to understand. Now I looked into the complete Jewish Bible, 
And in the complete Jewish Bible, it doesn't say holy, holy, holy is the Lord Sabbath. It says in the Jewish Bible very clearly, it says more holy than your holiest holiness. You know what it means if I can put it in figures or in numbers and anybody knows what it means in the power of? That's what, what it means here is holiness in the power of three. You understand it? And that's why Luther or King James Bible says holy, holy, holy. That actually means holiness in the power of three. I don't know how to express it, but the Jewish Bible expresses it this way. More holy than the holiest holiness. Can you understand it? That's, the, that's holiness in the power of three. And we know what the power of three does actually. And that's what it says here. God is holy. And that's why we must be holy as well, because God is holy. And that's so important for us. Now, as Isaiah saw all these things, and he heard about that power worship team. Have you heard this word? Power worship team. Or power worship. Anybody heard this word? Power worship in these times? And that's what I mean. Power worship is a lot of noise, drums, and all great things blaring these things out in the congregation. And they say, well, that's power worship. It's a lot of noise and a lot of garbage. Power worship is here. As I could say and as I meant it, more holy than the holiest holiness. That's power worship. That other one is just noisy, so-called worship, but not power worship. If you only could have a little sense of that what Isaiah saw there and experienced in the throne room of God. Holy, holy is the Lord. There's not only joy in heaven, there will be joy, but holiness and joy fits together. Wherever holiness and joy can't be, next to each other, that is certainly not heaven. And it's more certainly not worship or power worship. Power worship when one of the seraphim or seraph called to the others, holy, holy is the Lord, or more holy than the holiest holiness. Do you understand? God is holy. 
And in such a presence, all of a sudden, Isaiah had an inward vision. He saw and looked into his, himself. First, he had the real upward vision. He saw God. He saw God. And we read about the Apostle Paul, and Ed and I read it recently a couple of days ago, where Paul was in the temple and he saw Jesus. He had in the temple a wonderful experience. He saw Jesus and he says, I saw him. You know whom he means by I saw him? It was Jesus. First he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and then he saw Jesus when he was in the temple worshiping God. I saw Jesus. Now when Isaiah saw God, then he had an inside vision. And this inside vision is important. And perhaps the Spirit of God will bring it to you this morning, I don't know. And that is this. When he looked inside, what did he see then? He said, Woe is me! Woe is me! Woe is me! He didn't dance around the pulpit or so. All of a sudden he said, Woe is me! Comparing to this what he said, Woe is me! How great that holiness of God must have been! I can't express it any greater. But then all of a sudden he saw him. What do you see when the holiness of God has come close to you? The presence of Jesus is there. He said, woe is me. I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. Are lips important in a walk with Jesus? Are they? Yes. Our lips, our mouth is so important that everything that comes out of the heart comes out of the mouth. And that's important that out of our mouth come things that are holy unto the Lord. Now he said, woe is me, I am undone because I have seen the Lord God. He now really knew who God was. And we see, read in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 8. Peter had an experience similar to that. And we know this story there in Luke 5, 8. Where Peter and disciples went and cast a net on the other side, Jesus told them to do, because they haven't caught anything. And Peter came back, and the boat was full of fish. And then we read there in Luke 5, verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw 
that he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful what? Sinful man. He saw Jesus doing all these things, miracles, signs, and wonders, helping those who were in great need. And now he saw that by the word of Jesus, they caught so many fish, so many fish. And he was amazed. This master who caught us to do this, he is more than just a prophet. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. Hallelujah. God in the flesh. And he said, go out for me, Lord. Go out for me. I am a sinful man. In the presence of God, you discover something. Not only do you see God, who he really is, you also see yourself who you really are. Have you ever seen yourself? Have you ever seen yourself who you are? In the presence of God, we learn who we are. I'm ruined, he said, because I'm a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. <clears throat> he might have adapted the language of people around him. And I learned something very interesting that's for all those who are migrants to Australia. I learned something, what they learn the best is swearing. I have realized that. I have realized that. They can't speak really English, but all these power expressions in English, they go fluently off their lips. And that's uh, environment they live in. They think it's cool to be that. No. Our lips are so important to God. What do you speak? And Jesus says that but is inside the, the body or the, the person comes out of his mouth. And it's important that our mouth is being used to praise his name. I remember the early years when I came to Australia, I was working in a factory as a boilermaker, welder, and we got a steel delivery from one of these great steel delivery companies in Australia. And one of the guy, he was about to unload it and so on. I helped him a, bit, a little bit, and boy, did he swear? I, I heard words I never knew that exist in English. And he swore it was like a garbage truck unloading the whole garbage. And I said, listen, mate, 
God has given us a mouth to praise his name and not to swear. And all of a sudden, his mouth was zipped closed. Unclean lips, our lips, our mouths, what we speak, what we do is important. Oh, may our mouths praise God and lift up the name of Jesus more and more. And it's important in Malachi chapter 2, verse 7, we read a word that's not only for pastors, it's for everybody. Listen. For the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge, and man should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. What do you hear this morning out of my mouth? For the lips of the priest should preserve knowledge. And man should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of God. That's important. Now we see something that's a third point. Fire is God's purging agent. Amen? Fire is God's purging agent. I learned this expression here in Australia, especially if kids have a filthy mouth. They say, well, you need a mouthwash. God's mouthwash is not with soap and water. When God cleanses our lips, he cleanses our lips with fire. That's God's purging agent. And we read here in verse 7, or 6 and 7. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues. It was that whole heart that even an angel couldn't touch that coal. He had to use tongues. He came with the coals, or the coal in the tongue, and touched his lips. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Your language shows where are you at in your faith. You understand it? Your language shows where you at in your faith. That's so important. Sometimes I can't believe that Christians speak like a truck of garbage unloading. Our mouth is given to praise his wonderful, wonderful name. Hallelujah. You can say in this church, hallelujah. And you're allowed to say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are allowed to say so. I, 
I'm not confused by that. No way. No way. Use your mouth to praise the Lord. Now, one of the seraphim came and touched his mouth. And he was cleansed in order to be used as a, as a prophet of God. Remember, prophet of God is not only the one who prophesies in the future what's going to happen. No, a prophet of God is one who speaks, listen, in God's interest. Or he is speaking on behalf of God. In other words, if a prophet of God or a minister of God, of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit preaching the word of God, it is not only his ideas. If you ever get it is his or just my ideas. Wrong. It's speaking on behalf of God. And you know what it means? As pastors, Pastor Gary, you know what it means? That means we're humbling ourselves before the Lord. Say, Lord, speak to me that I can give the word to the congregation to build up the people of God. That's what a prophet is. He speaks on behalf of God. How can a preacher, a man of God, preach on or speak on behalf of God when this mouth has been used for any garbage? That's why it's important. Stay away from all these things. Cleanse your mouth. And the Bible speaks clearly about it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now you know the scripture, don't you? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. He is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I heard about a story of a hot-tempered man. Do you know what a hot-tempered man is? Have you ever experienced a hot-tempered man? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If you say some little word just wrong and it somehow scratches him, he goes up like a rocket. Like a rocket. And this man got born again. And what did we read just now in 2 Corinthians? If anyone is in Christ Jesus, what is he? A halfway fixed new man, yes? No. He is a new, new creation. Hallelujah. 
a new creation. Can I hear an amen? Anyone born again here this morning? Are you a new creation? Yes or no? If you're a new creation, all things have become new. Now this ex-hot-tempered man, he was a steel worker. And he was very fluent in all these rubbish words, you know, in all these power expressions that people call sometimes. I call it swearing. And the Bible calls it swearing too. But they heard that he became a Christian. He has changed his life. He became born again. Now his workmates, they wanted to test whether he is really, really changed. You can see if somebody is changed, he is not only adapting to so-called Christian language, but he is new from inside. And that what is inside comes out through our mouths, the Bible says. Not what we eat defiles a person, but that which comes out of the mouth, of the heart, that defiles a person. Now, he was for a while away from his workbench, and somebody had a devilish idea because they wanted to test whether he is really, really, really born again. And you can test it. Don't do it with anyone else. Don't do it with me either. But it took a heavy piece of steel and he heated it up with a blowtorch. You know what a blowtorch is? Anybody don't know what a blowtorch is? And heated it up and put it across his bench. He came back to his bench and wanted to working on his workbench, and he saw the steel. It was not glowing. Then he would have detected it straight away. But you can heat up steel in a way you wouldn't see it's hot. And he was used to that kind of things. And he came with his bare hand, grabbed it, and just wanted to take it away. As he grabbed it, all the others were looking from somewhere. What is he doing now? He grabbed this hot steel and immediately he left it and his skin stuck to that hot steel. And then he was praying to God. They expected unloading of a truck of garbage on square words. He was changed. Hallelujah. If you're born again, you are totally born again. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you totally born again? And James it says, this is a perfect man, as he could see in the sense of born again, who is also able to master his language. That's the sign of a born again, a new person, a new language. And now this 
Isaiah saw. And then came one of the seraphim, or seraphs actually, came with a coal, touched his lips. And he said, now your iniquity have been taken away. And your sin have been forgiven. Back to this hot-tempered man. He didn't swear. He was praying the During the day, they came and said, how could you do that? How could you do that? How could you do that? We all were expecting you that you explode and rubbish would come out of your mouth. Born again, hallelujah. Born again, hallelujah. New life. And it goes into all the spheres of our life. And also our lips. And here, when his lips were purchased, or uh, perched, not purchased, perched, when the lips were perched, then the Lord said very clearly, he said, your iniquity has been taken from you. A minister of God needs to have Purged lips, a language of God. And then, when this happened, Isaiah heard a voice. Verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Here I am. Send me. Isaiah became one of the greatest word prophets. You have learned the difference between word and deed prophets. And he made the greatest oracle prophecies about Jesus Christ. Read Isaiah 53. Read. And he speaks about Jesus. Jesus. Whom shall I send? Is your mouth being perched with the coal from the altar? Can you say, Lord, send me. Here I am. God knows you. God knows you. 
Father, I thank you. I thank the Lord Jesus. When we serve with you, you must serve you with all of our hearts. And you know us this morning. You know each and every one of us. You know those, the Lord, who have heard your voice and wanted to serve you, Lord, I pray. Lord, deal with them as you dealt with Isaiah. You could use him and all the prophecies of Jesus he prophesied came to pass. And the far, far greater thing, Jesus Christ came as he prophesied with a mouth that was purged by the fire of God. Thank you, Lord. And if somebody here this morning, you sense the call of God upon your life, God is calling this morning as well, whom shall I send? What are you saying? Say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I thank you, Lord. Amen. If somebody is here this morning who knew God needs me, have the courage to step up and say, Lord, here I am. Talk to us, to one of us, whether called Pastor Gary, myself. God may have called you this morning. Listen, in the ministry of God, it doesn't count. Happiness, joy, or fun. Only thing, one thing that counts, and that is what? Holiness. I am holy. You shall be holy too. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Have a wonderful day today. And we have got a little bit of biscuits and cup of tea or coffee. Help yourself. And let's have a wonderful fellowship. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. May the Lord be with you. Amen.